of Abigail Consulting, where we help ordinary people achieve extraordinary goals. Would you like help creating a personal development plan to help achieve your most ambitious goals? Contact us today at abetteryouconsulting at yahoo.com. If you would like your business featured on our podcast, contact us at delightfulpodcast at yahoo.com. Welcome to the Life Room Podcast. Real life, real Christians, real struggles. Our mission here is simple. Our desire is for everyone to understand how the Word of God is relevant to their lives. So each show, you will hear a short teaching, followed by a brief discussion on how that teaching relates to you in your everyday life. So share with someone and allow God's Word to come directly into your living rooms, your cars, or maybe into your office. Welcome to the Life Room. So let's jump right into today's lesson. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 13 of the New Living Translation. Thank God for the also. First Kings chapter 3 of the New Living Translation. It reads, That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has had or ever will have. And verse 13 says, And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands, as your father David did, I will give you long life. In our text today, it follows King Solomon, King David's son, who now finds that it's his turn to be king. Solomon, in the fifth verse, is visited by God in a dream. And in this dream, God asks Solomon, what is it that he wants? This was a pivotal time in the reign of Solomon because God stands ready to bless Solomon with whatever he wants. So it is vital that he acts the right thing. Be careful that when you get in the presence of God, You ask for things that are in his will so that your blessing creates an inheritance and not a headache. This text today will show you exactly what I mean. In verse 6, Solomon begins to testify of the goodness of the Lord and all that he did for his father David. He talks about how God was good back in the day and his faithfulness and now how he is still being good in the present by allowing him to be king. Take a lesson from Solomon because many of us would have been in a hurry to ask for everything that we wanted because God has just said, whatever you ask 
I will grant it to you. But Solomon, even before being granted wisdom, was taught well by his father David, who was a praiser. And so it's natural for Solomon to praise God. And so he praises God before asking of God. He blesses God before he asks God to bless him. Solomon uses the entire sixth verse to lift up God. And then in verse seven, Solomon finds himself in an honest conversation with God. It's okay to be totally honest with God. You don't have to act like you got it all together when you come before God. You don't have to act like you're more confident than you really are. Solomon tells God that he feels like a little child who does not know his way around. In other words, Solomon has been given an assignment that he does not feel qualified to carry out. Man, this blessed me. Is there anyone who can relate to being called by God to do something? And although you know it's God who is requiring this of you, you still struggle with feelings of inadequacy, that you don't have the skills, you don't have the ability or the resources. Well, let me show you in this text how Solomon gets the also. In verse 9, King Solomon now has the opportunity to ask God whatever he wants. After praising him, he now is able to ask. Just because you can ask whatever, though, does not mean you shouldn't be careful in what you ask for. Solomon wisely asks for an understanding heart so that he can govern God's people well. He wants to be able to know the difference in right or wrong so that when situations arise, he can govern them effectively. King Solomon does not want to rule out of his own knowledge and his own understanding. He does not want to judge based on his own emotions because he understands that sometimes emotions will cause you to misjudge things. It will cause you to be biased sometimes and it can even cause you to see situations from the standpoint of how it will benefit you. And after King Solomon has made this request, he displays a temperament that is essential for a compassionate leader to have, humility. You see this humility displayed in verse 9 with him saying, Who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? He recognized the need for God, and he remembers who started this great work. Please remember who assignment you're working on. No matter how big we become, it's important that we understand that it's not our assignment, but it's God's. And he has just entrusted this assignment to us. When he calls you to lead other people, rather it is in the church, on your job, or even in your community, please don't lose sight of whose people you're entrusted in leading. Humility lets me know that even as the leader, I can sometimes be wrong. Just because I'm in the front does not mean I don't need the people that are in the back. In verse 10, the Lord was pleased with Solomon's request. He was, he was pleased that Solomon could have asked for anything that he wanted. He could have requested to be the most powerful, the most wealthy, anything. But instead, he chose to ask for wisdom. This is the key point. He chose to ask for something that would benefit the kingdom. I'm going to say that again. He chose to ask for something that would benefit the kingdom. In verse 11, he says, Because you have asked for wisdom and not for long life, wealth, or the death of your enemies. Let's stay right here before we see what's on the other side of because. Because in verse 11, God points 
to three specific things that Solomon could have asked for. Long life, wealth, and the death of his enemies. It's as if he expects Solomon to ask for this, likely because it's what so many of the requests he has received from people of Solomon's stature. See, it was normal for kings to ask for long life so that they could rule for a long time. It was normal for them to ask for money and death of their enemies. But be careful that your requests before God are not superficial. We all want to live long lives to be here for our families and we all want to have wealth so that all of our needs and those around of us, those around us can be met. None of us want to see our enemies get the upper hand over us. So although the request was reasonable, how does your request benefit the kingdom? We are about to see that if we ask for the things that benefit the kingdom, then we get the also. Come on, Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these other things will be added on the other side of because. And so in verse 13, Verse 12, which is the best part, he says, I will give you what you ask for. Wisdom and understanding such as no one else has ever had or ever will. But then 13 says, I will also. Somebody need to shout in their home right now. Also, I will also give you what you did not ask for. Riches and fame. See, there is nothing wrong with fame. If you understand who made you famous and use your fame to make God famous. Verse 13 says, No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. Watch this. Solomon never asked to be rich, but his vision called for riches. Being able to reign well over God's people requires wealth. So because Solomon had vision, he does not need to ask for provision. Might I suggest to you that maybe you have been asking for the wrong thing. Stop asking for things. God knows you need things. What you should be asking for is vision. Because God proves through this text that he provides provision for his vision. Not your vision, but his vision. That's why I can be excited when he gives me his vision. Because if it's his, then I can be confident that he will take care of what's his. Now, if it's my vision, then I am responsible for providing for my own vision. But since it's God's, I'm not going to worry myself to death about the how. I'm not going to fret on the when. I'm just going to trust that it won't always be like this because God has given me vision. Sooner or later, the provision has to follow the vision. Verse 14, God says, verse 14, God continues this promise and he says if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands like your father did then I'm going to give you long life also somebody better shout out hallelujah here because all the things he said that I'm blessing you because you didn't ask for he gave it to him anyway the songwriter says he did more than I ever expected long life you didn't ask for it but I'm going to give it to you anyway with the also wealth didn't ask for it, but in order to carry out my vision, I'm going to make you rich. And don't even worry about your enemies because the wisdom I'm giving you will not allow your enemies to ever outsmart you. See, he does not need to kill your enemies. He just needs to reveal their strategies to you so that when they think they are plotting against you, they don't know that God has already given you a plan. 
That's how he turns your enemies into your footstool. Who am I talking to? God can let the weapon form, but then not allow it to prosper. In verse 14, the last point I want to make about this is also in this verse. God tells him that if he follows and obey my decrees like your father David, then I will give you long life. Now, I was a little messed up here because I was like, hold on. Follow and obey my decrees like your father did. David wasn't perfect. David was a man who messed up. David was a man who made a few terrible decisions. One to include having a man killed so that he wouldn't find out he impregnated his wife. All of this David did after being anointed. I don't know who this is for, but I'm here to tell someone who God has called, but you feel like you messed up his plan. It's okay to get back in the plan and proceed with the vision because God does not expect perfection. He says, walk in obedience like your father did. David was dirty at times, messy and petty at times, but I'm here to tell you that boy cleaned up good. Just because you messed up does not mean you're messed up. God refers to David as obedient, not because he was perfect, but because he cleaned up good. Because he repented, because he made right what he did wrong. The enemy will cause you to think that because you fell from grace, that it annuls his plans for your life. It might delay it, but it won't forfeit it if you only get back up. God knew that David was going to mess up as an adult when he anointed him as a little boy. Can I say that again? God knew that David was going to mess up as an adult when he anointed him as a little boy. David's issue did not cancel the plans of God because he allowed his issues to humble him. And David, being humbled, allowed him to raise up Solomon in a way that allowed him to be humble without having to experience what his daddy had to experience. God, help me to raise my children in a way that they don't have to experience what I experienced. I'm here to tell you, don't die in your sin. Get it together so that God can tell your seed to walk in obedience like your mother. Walk in obedience like your father. Not because they were perfect, but because they cleaned up good. God, thank you for the also. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Salante. And we are your Life Room Podcast hosts. And so today we want to talk about a couple of things, a couple of points that kind of was in our text today. Uh, and one of those things that we want to discuss is really how important it is that when we are asking God, asking God things, that we really we ask for what is his will for our lives and not what we want. Understanding that he has our best interest in mind and he can see way farther than we can see. So when we ask his will, it really shows that we trust him to take care of all our needs and desires. Because as I really think about Solomon in this text, I really believe that long life was his desire as well as wealth and protection from his enemies as any king would want. But he showed how much he trusted God when he prayed for God's will instead of his own. It's all about a trust thing, putting out our trust Put not your trust in man, you know, um, as the scripture indicates, you know, but it also tells us trust in the Lord with all our heart, you know. And so we have to part of, you know, asking God will God's will for our lives is really a trust thing, 
trusting that when we ask God, you know, for his will to be done, that we we understand that his will is that we prosper and be in good health. And so it's like a connection of scriptures, putting them all together. And that's why we can trust God that when we ask his will, the other things are going to be added to our lives. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, that's one of my favorite uh, scriptures from the Bible, Proverbs 3 and 5. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of times we ask for things, but a lot of times we really don't know what we should ask for. You know, a lot of times we ask for a lot of superficial things or a lot of uh, physical and material things. But a lot of times, you know, if we like Solomon would look beyond those things and we really get down to the, the meat of it, I guess you can say, you know, when we ask God to order our steps and when we ask God that his will be done in our lives, then everything else will follow along with it. Think about, I'll use, for example, myself, you ever had a job, you know, you apply for a couple of jobs, you get interviews with all the jobs. And then, you know, it could be this one job that you might choose it over the other for maybe one or two, you know, details. And you pray, you're like, okay, God, you know, I really, you know, whatever job you know is best for me, you know, let that one work out. And then sometimes, you know, when you have a little bit of troubles on the job, you're like, well, wait a minute now, God, I thought this was the job that you said I should pick. You know, this was the one. And then as things progress, you kind of say, okay, well, I see what you were doing there. This is a lot better than the other one when you're kind of looking at the pros and the cons of it. So sometimes when we go to him and we ask him, you know, God, can you order my steps and can you allow your will to be done in my life? It makes things so much easier for us in the long run. Absolutely. Because the scripture even talks about the, in, in the Bible about how we know not what to pray for, you know, and that's one of the reasons why we need the Holy Spirit, you know, to to pray for those things that we need that that we don't even realize that we need. And so with that being said, when you do that, it's, it just implies that I trust I trust you, God, you know, that I'm going to ask your will for my life, you know, and that's going to be for the better. You know, when I think about Jesus you know, in the Bible where, you know, he was at the place where it was time for him to go to the cross. And he had that moment where he's like, you know, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He said, but if it be your will, you know, he was willing to accept that although this might right now might not be what I want, I trust that your will is what's best, you know, and his will um, God's will in that situation turned out to be what was best for all of us because Jesus going to the cross, as we know, it allowed for all of us now to have access, you know, to our, to him as our savior. And so it's so important that we, we understand how important it is, but that it really takes having that Holy Spirit to, to, to allow you to be in a place where you can trust God to just ask his will and not what we want, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And but but the good thing about it from what the text shows is that when we do that, it, it's not like we when we do that, it, it's not like the other things won't come. You know, it's like it's just that God knows. And sometimes he knows the, the when he knows the when when to do it. He knows how to do it. And so with our with our you know human minds, we think we know what's best. But him asking for, you know, you know, wisdom it allowed those other things to come. And so God does not want to keep good things from us. Mm -hmm. It's just that he wants to make sure that, you know, they are done in a way where it is a blessing to us and not something that causes us a headache. 
Absolutely. If you think about it, it's kind of piggybacking um, to Solomon. So if you have wisdom, okay, you don't really have to worry about the riches because he's going to give you the strategies to, you know, uh, he's going to give you the strategies to be able to come up with ways to, you know, increase your wealth to increase you know your kingdom and so like you said everything else will come along with it but again you have to be willing to just follow him in the direction that he's leading you absolutely and the other great point that we're going to point to quickly is i really like in this text today how how god point to solomon's father king david as being obedient because so time so many times when you think about david you know we we, we some of those things that are really you know, publicized about him and some of his mistakes, you know, he made some major mistakes, but it was so great that he did not allow his mistakes to throw him off track. And, you know, God didn't hold that to him at his time of his, at when he, when he died, God saw him as obedient. That's how God remembered him. You know, sometimes the world wants to remember us as, you know, for, for the mistakes that we made and the things that we didn't do that were in his will. But the text shows us that God remembers David as obedient. And so he tells he tells Solomon, he says, follow in that footstep, follow my decrees and my command as your father did, because life can throw you off course sometimes. Life's issues will throw you off course. But it's so important that after you mess up, after a fall, your next decision have, has to be a wise one. You have to get back up and not stay where the enemy would like for you to stay. He knows that God has plans for you. So uh, it would, if you are wise, you will understand that because God has plans for you, that means the enemy has a plan to try to throw you off track. And he will use your mess up to cause so much confusion that you lose sight of the original plan. So you know what? Something that you said that I love, and I think this is a huge takeaway, at least it is for me, when you said about David. So I have two words to... Uh, kind of sum up King David, uh, repentance and obedience, because he knew that, okay, I messed up now. I got to make this thing right. So, okay, God, I repent. Please forgive me. And now let me get back up and try it again. Absolutely. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. We just pray, Father God, that as your word go out, Father God, whatever they stand in need of, allow this word to help them, to encourage them, to allow them to know that you are with them. No matter how far they feel like they may have, you know, straight away, you are willing to forgive them if they will only repent from their sins. And so we just pray that you help us, Father God, to turn from the things that are not like you and that we will serve you in a better way each and every day. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.